Proverbs 4. For the last several weeks, we have been studying the subject of the wisdom of God. And we've been getting something based on this. Proverbs 4, 5, 4, 5 says, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth, forsake her not, she'll preserve you, love her, and she'll keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. So what? So get it. Beg God for it? No. Get it. Get wisdom. And with all your getting, get understanding. What's the recurring theme here? Get it. Who's the understood subject? You. You get wisdom. You get understanding. Get it. Get it. And so we've been using our faith and walking in the light we have every Friday night coming to get. And I believe it's so with many of you, hopefully all of you. But I know for myself, I have gotten some. I can just tell. Anybody besides me? I mean, I, I am seeing things with greater differentiation and discernment and understanding. And man, it's helping me. And I believe that this is seed that's taking root in us and it's just going to grow and grow and grow and grow. And we are going to walk in the wisdom of God and be spared all kind of stuff. Right? And come into all kind of wonderful things by the wisdom and understanding of God. So much that's wrong in people's lives is due to ignorance and confusion. There's just so much we don't know. But God doesn't want to leave us in darkness. He's given us the light of his word. He's given us the spirit of wisdom. And he said, get it, boy. Get it, girl. And you say what? And wisdom is crying, saying, hey, dummy, come here. I'll show you what to do. You won't be a dummy anymore. And we have to say what? Yes. I want my wisdom and here I come. This is from previous lessons we've talked about. Wisdom cries for us. And the Bible says we're to desire and cry for it. Well, I don't care how far apart you and I are in the field. If I'm calling your name, hey, and you're calling my name. And we keep coming for each other, calling each other. What's going to happen? We're going to get together. And that's what's happening with you and I and wisdom. Now, we've looked at a number of things, and if you hadn't been with us, then tapes are available. You can download it free off the Internet. I'll just review for you just a little bit. We talked about becoming wiser. We talked about wisdom and understanding, how you got to be teachable, how you got to watch your words, how who you hang with and walk with. If you walk with wise, you'll be wise. Walk with fools, you'll be foolish. We talked about the counsel of the godly, counsel of the ungodly. We talked about there's a devilish wisdom. We talked about the wisdom of Daniel. And we talked about wisdom and riches. They go together. When wisdom shows up, the Bible said in one hand is long life and in the other hand is riches. Right? So you ought to be interested in it. And we've talked for a couple of uh, sessions on discernment. Discernment, wisdom, and understanding include discernment. And discernment just simply means being able to tell the difference. To know the difference. Now, tonight I want us to go again to Ecclesiastes 10. Look at a scripture that we've looked at before. But see another side of it. Ecclesiastes, the 10th chapter. Verse 10. We saw this in our first Lesson, and we'll see it again. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says, If the iron be blunt, and he do not whet the edge, which means he doesn't sharpen it, then must he put to more strength. How many can testify that you have personal experience with that? Dull knife, dull axe. What do you got to do? You got to saw harder. You got to hit it harder. 
and with less results and inferior results. But wisdom is profitable to direct. Say that out loud. Wisdom is profitable to direct. The Living Bible says a dull axe requires great strength. Be wise and sharpen the blade. The NIV says if the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed. But skill will bring success. Now does that sound familiar to you? Well, we learn that the words for wisdom literally means skill. Skill. And a wise person becomes skillful in the art of living. Where a foolish person bumbles and fumbles through life and just keeps messing up more than they get right. We don't have to live that way. Because the wisdom of God has been given us. In fact, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And the Spirit of God who lives in us is also called the Spirit of Wisdom. The Word of God is called the words of wisdom and the wisdom of God. We've been given wisdom and access to unlimited wisdom in God. But our part is to what? Get it. Access it. Use it. Act upon it. Now, last week we were talking about some scriptures in Proverbs I want to remind you of. In fact, turn over to, uh, let's see, the 28th chapter of Proverbs, Proverbs 28 and 19. We looked at this already, we'll see another side of it. It says, he that tills his land shall have what? Plenty of bread. But he that follows after vain, the word persons is there, but really it's in italics. It just says vain, or we might say vanity, shall have poverty enough. Everybody say vanity. 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 Now, one of the wisest men in the Bible, Solomon, penned a book called Ecclesiastes. Remember that? You know how it starts out? Vanity of vanities. Everything is vanity. Well, what does vanity mean? When we hear vanity, we think haughtiness and pride. But no, that's not right. Now, there are words in the scripture that mean that, but not this. You need to think V-A-I-N. Vain. Something that is in vain is what? Y'all are quoting the exact definitions of it. One of the Hebrew words literally means hollow. Hollow or we'd say empty. Let me read some other words to you. Hollow or empty, worthless. Worthless, another word is useless. Worthless, useless, another one is to no purpose. For no benefit and no purpose. Another one says fruitless. So when he says vanity of vanities, everything is vanity. And I'm going to talk to you about that tonight. What is he saying? It's all worthless. It's all useless. And he goes through great detail about what's useless and why it is. Now this comes back to what we've already mentioned. A wise person knows what is valuable. And what is worthless. A fool does not. A fool does not have the discernment, the understanding to discern between what is worth my time and what is a waste of my time. A fool does not know the difference between what is a waste of my money and what is good use of my money. Do you see this now? It's very significant to understand this tonight. We are not fools. 
God has given us wisdom. And we're laying hold of our wisdom. And so in that, he is giving us discernment to know the difference. And the wiser you get, the less you waste. Now you've heard the old saying, waste not, won't not. Well, that actually, no, not every old saying is correct, but that is a scriptural principle. We've already talked about that, you know, in talking about wisdom and riches. Wisdom and wealth. We gave you instances of people I know. and other cases, somebody started out, one individual I told you about, started out with $50 and a set of tapes on how to be led by the Spirit. And now is a multimillionaire. Have you ever had $50 and a set of tapes? Well, why aren't you a multimillionaire? Or why don't I have more money than I do? And this is where people get into this. Some, a lot of folk don't like this kind of talk. They look at you like, well, that's not for everybody. Yeah, it is. <laughs> See, what? that's where people get into the no-fault religion. <laughs> that's why a lot of folk like other churches different from ours. Because <laughs> they just want to go... And not stay long. And they want people to tell them. That nothing is your fault. If your needs are not met. It's not your fault. God just didn't see fit to do it. If you're not healed. It's not your fault. If things don't go right. If you're a failure in life. God in his mysterious ways. Saw fit to ordain and destine you. To be a failure and broken sick. For reasons you'll probably never understand in this life. <laughs> but it's a lie. I said it's a lie. It is not true. It is not true. The truth is. You and I. Could already be. Really. Really rich. With the money that has already come through our hands. You and I could be. Super rich. Right now. Why? Well, we wasted it. We blew it. For nothing you can show for it now. Right? So it was vain. And at the time, we didn't know the difference. We got money, so we spent it. Eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow you may be dead. That's a fool's mentality. And fools will live in lack. But I do not believe I'm pastoring a church full of fools. So, we're stopping the waste. And we're coming up. Right? Right? We're changing that. And the Lord is coming. Where could you be in another five years? Or ten years. If we just eliminated the waste. If we just did that. What would happen? What were you talking about Brother Keith? Well I'm talking about. Help me Lord. (laughs) Now we swept under the rug last week didn't we? We may have to get behind the door tonight. <laughs> right? <laughs> Read this and then I'll go on. Proverbs uh, 21, 20. Just back up to that. Before you read this, I'm going to read you another translation of the one you just read. Just listen. It says, He that cultivates his land will have plenty of uh, bread, he that follows after vain persons will have poverty. This one says, he who follows worthless people and worthless pursuits will have poverty. Another one says, he who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. He who follows empty pursuits, the NAS said. Well, see, that's all vanity. Empty, worthless. Have you ever put a lot of time and effort and money into something and it turned out to be a total Waste. 
Why did you do that? You did not do it led by the Spirit. Right? The Spirit of God did not lead you to waste eight months of work and $10,000 in something that you wasn't going to see a penny out of. But see, people do. They try to explain it away. They go, oh yeah, we did that, you know, but the Lord showed me that there was a spiritual thing going on. And, uh, oh yeah. Yeah, people like that better than just saying, I missed it. But the problem with that, you keep explaining everything away, you're never going to come out. You got to be a man, you got to be a woman, and you got to step up and go, I didn't hear from God on that. I just missed it. God is not in failure. It never worked. I couldn't get ahead. It was just spinning my wheels for nothing. Well, then you didn't hear from God. Oh, boy. Wish you could see some of the looks I'm getting across this place. Well, yes, I did. But you're telling me God led you into failure. And that's all you've seen is failure out of it. But that's what God told you to do it. I've had people ask us about the church. You know, the church has done so well. Three years. Good numbers. Everything's paid for. And people want to do seminar. Brother Keith, come do us a seminar. (laughs) How to do it. Here's how to do it. Hear from God. Got to hear from God. Well, no, tell, no, no, yeah, we know that. We know that. But tell us the particulars. That's the problem. People rush past that part. (laughs) You got to hear from God. Right? About what to do and where to do it and when to do it and how to do it and with whom you got to hear from God. People rush past that. They just get a good idea and go, yeah, 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 yeah. And they talk with their friends. Yeah, yeah, I think the Lord's in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $300,000 and years worth of sweat later, they go, well, I guess maybe the Lord wasn't in that. (laughs) Or, yeah, it was God. But you know, the people just wouldn't get behind it. And the devil just shut us down. He can't. The devil can't just stop you doing what God told you to do. He can't do that. He ain't that big. Well, the devil just shut us down. No, no, no. He's been stripped. He's been brought to naught. He's under our feet. No, no. No, the problem is you and me have missed it and wasted money and got involved with people we shouldn't have been involved with and spent time on stuff and money on stuff that we should not have. Right? And all of that eats your prosperity. And you keep doing it year after year after year. That's why it takes so long. To barely try to get ahead. And some folk never do. Because of foolishness. And continually wasting. 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 But the wise person. The wise man or woman. Doesn't. With the wise man. The wise woman. You can learn to be led by the spirit my friend. Until there is purpose. In every move. There is direction and faith in every word. There is faith and a future in every seed. Did you hear me? And by the wisdom of God, you can eliminate all this waste. I'm going to ask you the question again. If you and I just eliminated the waste, where would we be? Hmm? In just a few years, where would we be? Proverbs 21, are you there? 21.20 says, There's treasure 
to be desired in oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spins it up, and here says a self-confident foolish man swallows it and wastes it. Wastes it. Now when we say waste, that is not an excuse for being poverty-minded and poverty mentality and saving every bread wrapper and the ties because we can't waste brother Keith we can't and you got margarine bowls from 1975 (laughs) and uh, you wash with shreds of soap I mean, you have to reach down and pick them up, put them together, three little shreds. Oh, I dropped my shred. Throw that away and get you a bar of soap. Amen. I said, Brother Keith, what difference does that make? It makes a difference. It's your mind. It's your mentality. You are thinking and acting like a poor person. And as long as you do, you're going to stay poor. Adding water to the ketchup bottle. <laughs> yeah, but Brother Keith, it's got some in the bottom. I can say, throw that thing away and go get you a new ketchup bottle. How much does a little bottle of ketchup cost? Tell me. How much? A dollar? A half? Get you a new bottle of ketchup. Just do it on purpose now. you got a half inch left in the bottom. Just take it and throw it away and go there. And don't go dig it out. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it in the can. Well, Brother Keith, I'm just like you preaching now. I don't want to waste anything. I'm not preaching that. That's why I'm taking the time to define it and qualify it. That's not what we're talking about. Rinse out the shampoo bottle five times. (laughs) Oh, there's a little in there, Brother Keith. There's a little in there. Get you a new bottle. That's poverty-minded. Now, remember, 3 John 2, how are you going to prosper? Even as your soul, see your soul includes your thinking and the way you see things. And so you're not going to prosper outside till you prosper in your soul. And as long as you're doing that, it shows your soul's not prospering. You still think and act like a poor, poor person. You know, I've had people scoff at me and go, yeah, Brother Keith, why are you preaching about the bread bags and all that stuff? Well, see, I'm preaching to them. That don't matter, and you know, we might need them bread bags sometimes. 10,000 of bread bags? Bread bags? Well, I just can't throw it away, Brother Keith. You know, and you run across people. I even saw a show the other day, and this person hadn't thrown anything away in 20 years, and their house looked like it too, Brother. I mean, it was a disaster. They say, well, I just can't. I can't. Well, no, you don't know what's valuable and what is worthless. You have no discernment and you're being foolish. You're being a fool. And you don't have faith. You know, I've told you the story about, you know, we grew up poor and uh, all our old cars were used and we fixed them and tied them up and welded them and you needed a new part you didn't just go to the parts place and get a new part you overhauled it or tried to fix it or tie it or weld it or something that's how I grew up and it's all right to be innovative and inventive and do what you can but do you expect to live like that your whole life a lot of people do say well that's just good enough well then that's all you'll ever have But Phyllis and I had been in the Word for some years, a few, and uh, we're learning about faith. We're learning about sowing and reaping. We're learning to be willing and obedient. You can eat the good of the land, the best. You can have the best that's available. 
So we're building our faith to reach up higher. Well, I got a, uh, we bought a Corvette. I'd always wanted a Corvette, but now it wasn't much of a Corvette. $3,000. You could imagine. And, um, I mean, everything was shot on it. And we took the uh, front end that was shot all the joints and stuff out in the parking lot one day. That's where we lived in the apartment complex and put new ones in. But these tie rods and some of these pieces and, and arms, I, uh, we moved to another apartment. I carried them with me. And we moved to another apartment. I carried them with me. And so after years, you know, I got these accumulation of old parts and Phyllis had asked me about them sometimes. She said, well, I thought those were old. You took them off the car. I said, yeah, but, well, you had to go to a salvage yard. Man, that cost you something, you know. <laughs> what is that? Poverty-minded. Poverty Poverty mentality. So we're moving to our first rental house, I believe it was. And, huh? To the, our own house. So I carried them to the rental house. <laughs> So I've moved them about two or three times now. We're getting ready to go to the first house we ever owned for ourselves. Of course, this is the nicest thing we've ever had. And we're going through our stuff and some stuff we're throwing away. And Phyllis sees me loading up all these greasy, nasty, wore out car parts. And she says, are you taking them to the new house? I said, oh, yeah, yeah. Boy, if you had to go to the salvage yard, you know. These would cost you something. She said, well, I thought you took them off because they were wore out. I said, well, yeah. She said, I thought we are leaving for a brand new Corvette. I said, yeah, yeah. She said, well, those fit on the new Corvette? I said, no. She said, well, you wouldn't put them on there? I said, no. That's enough talking about that. So she went on, and I kept loading them. But while I'm loading them, I realize, you know, these won't fit on the new car. And you shouldn't put them in here. I should be believing that if I need a new joint or tie rod, I can go to the parts place and get me a new one. Why am I saying that? Because all this saving of this old stuff. You know, you got your last four refrigerators from the previous 25 years. In your front yard. And cars your grandpa had. Sitting out there rusting. (laughs) Now don't get mad. I just got through telling you. That's what I used to do too. But why would you do that? Why do people that won't throw anything away? Why? Now listen closely. Because you might need it. Yeah, you might. You know, hard times might come. You might need 5,000 bread wrappers. You know what I mean? You might. Something might happen. Lose all your plates. You might need 40 margarine bowls. You might need them. Might not have a decent car in the future, you. Might have to weld pieces of this one together and put that lawnmower motor on it and make it back and forth. What are you planning for? You're planning for poverty. We might need it, Brother Keith. We might need it. That's poverty. And you're not prospering in your soul. So you won't prosper outwardly. <laughs> You could see some of the looks I'm getting all across this place. (laughs) Brother Keith, do you know where you are? Yeah, I know where I am. I came from down south of here. But uh, I loaded up all my greasy, wore out car parts. And I hauled them away. And I threw them in the pile and I turned around and didn't look back. And drove off. And you know to this day I haven't needed a one of them. <laughs> and I don't expect to. 
And it wasn't but a couple of years after that we got that new car. And I did need a thing or two new uh, part on it. But I just went right straight to the parts place and bought a brand new one in the box. Right? Right? And just been doing better ever since. We're not planning to be poor. We're not planning to have to resort to junk in the future. God will be on the throne tomorrow. He will be our provider next year and the next and the next. And we will never want or lack for any good thing. We will be obedient and willing and we will eat the good and the best. Not the junk, not the wore out. The best of the land. So you don't run those tires until there's one tread left. Oh, look, brother, there's two good tread left on that tire. Get those things off of there. Put some new tires on that thing. Use those uh, windshield wipers. You know, they're flapping on both ends. Oh, brother, Key, that thing's got another 100, 200 wipes left in it. eh? Mess up a windshield. Remember what I'm talking about? See, don't people do it again and again? They cost their self money by not doing little stuff along. And see, that's a fool. Trying to save money, spend all kind of money. Because you didn't do stuff you should have done. And it's being led by money, not by the Spirit. Everybody say waste. Fools waste, you see. But wise people, they don't waste anything. Go to John 6. Where are you right now? That's a good place. Go to John 6, though. You've already read that. Say it out loud. No more poverty spirit. I'm not planning to be poor. I have discernment. I know the difference. What's valuable and what's junk. I know the difference, difference. what to keep, what to to throw away. away. I have discernment. I have have wisdom. I have have understanding. understanding. I'm not a fool. fool. Amen. Amen. In John chapter 6. Now this is the story of the feeding of the multitude. You remember that? And then a great miracle happened. Out of five loaves and two little fish, thousands of people fed and got full and had plenty. Uh, Verse 11, John 6, 11, Jesus took the loaves when he gave thanks. He distributed them to the disciples and disciples to them that were set down and the fishes as much as they would. And when they were filled, when they were filled, he said to his disciples, what? Gather up the fragments. That remain. That what? That nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets. You know most of the people probably would not have thought there was that much there. Because all they're seeing is a piece and a piece and this and that. But all together it's twelve baskets. Well that's enough to feed a lot of other people. Some people have talked about it being the harvest of the little boy that sowed his seed. He could have took back home to his folks. Could have been. It was his seed. He sowed it. But anyway, I doubt seriously that hardly anybody there would have thought there was that much there. That much there. But he said, gather it together that nothing, everybody said out loud, nothing be lost. That nothing be lost. And another translation says, So that nothing may be lost and wasted, the Amplified says. Now see, foolish people waste. And when God is doing something for you, and he works miracles, see, if you read the rest of this chapter, you'll find that when Jesus left, that whole crowd tried to follow him. And finally caught up with him. I mean, they ever stopped everything they were doing. They didn't go to work. They didn't go home. They didn't do any cleaning. They all just followed him around. They knew a miracle had happened, and they knew they had all eaten from where? 
And so he told them, when he began to talk to them, he said, you're out here because you ate and were filled. And see, they got it in their mind. We're done working. If you read the whole chapter, you'll get that. They're thinking, well, we just go follow him around from now on. And we'll never have to plant. And we'll never have to reap. And we'll never have to invest. And we'll never have to cook. And we'll never have to clean. We'll just see if somebody's got a lunch around here. And so you might think, if you got this kind of miracles and power working in your life, why would you pick up the fragments? We'll just believe for another miracle tomorrow. Do you see that? That's where folk are missing. No, the wise person follows the leadings of the Lord. Now, let's talk about some of our resources. A fool wastes time. That's probably your most precious resource. Time. Everything you're doing, you need to stop and ask yourself, is this a waste of my time? Maybe you think you like to do it. But is it wasting your life? All the time you need to look at where your energy is going. Every morning when you get up, you have a limited amount of spiritual, mental, and physical strength. You cannot just go day and night nonstop. There's going to come a point pretty soon you got to rest. You need to rest your mind. You need to rest your body. You need to rest your spirit. Just like you have a limited quantity of money in hand, you got a limited quantity of energy, strength, mental ability, patience, strength in every area for the day. Now, fools waste it on something that is worthless. Maybe it's a goofy game. Maybe it's a, some hobby that you know, frustrates you. And it happens all the time. Somebody messes with something for six hours and they've used up all their patience. And here one of their kids come and needs something and they bark at them. Why? Because they're out of patience. They used it all up on this dumb thing here. That's a fool. Wasting it on something that's not going to mean a thing. That'll help you and me all the time if we just say, okay, a hundred years from now, What I'm doing right now, will it matter? And when when you really begin to look at stuff, the writer of Ecclesiastes, that's what he's talking about. The more wisdom he got and the more he looked at stuff, he said, that's vanity. That's vanity. That's a waste. That's a waste of time. The wiser you get, the more stuff you realize, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do this. Go to Ecclesiastes. Let's read it. Ecclesiastes 1. Ecclesiastes 1. The words of the preacher. The son of David. King in Jerusalem. How does he start out? Vanity of vanities. Says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. He says it again. Then he says. All. Is vanity. A lot of people don't even read this because they think that's just depressing. <laughs> people don't even read this because they're thinking, I don't understand that. That just depresses me. Vanity of vanities. Well, could it be you don't understand what he's saying? Because I do not believe we have any worthless books in the Bible. And God, we already talked about it, we've studied it, God put into this man wisdom and understanding, the Bible says, and largeness of heart with understanding like the sand on the seashore. God put wisdom into this man. He saw some things. He understood some things. And after much experience and much searching with God and inside himself, he writes about it. And that's how he kicks it off. Do you see the theme of the message tonight? The wiser you get and the more understanding you get, what do you learn? You learn about a lot of stuff is what? 
A waste of time. Don't you? A waste of motion. A waste of my energy. A waste of my time. I know uh, when I first started working with Brother Hagin, who, man, I came to know after some 20 years, walked in a lot of wisdom. And I did not understand in the beginning some of the things he did. In fact, it troubled me. It's my job to accompany him, and I sang for him, and I drove his car, did all kind of stuff. I was with him a lot. So going in and out and coming out of places. There were times I saw people come up to him to talk to him. And I mean, just, you know, they're trying to talk to him. And he just walked off like they weren't even there. Didn't say hi. Didn't say bye. (laughs) Just like they weren't there. And the first few times that happened, I thought, Brother Hagin, these people are trying to talk to you. Of course, I didn't say that. (laughs) Wasn't my place. At least I had that much wisdom. (laughs) But I sure thought it. I thought, now that's just rude. And the more I got to know him, I realized what a man of love he is. And compassion. And yet I'd see him do it again. Somebody following him, trying to talk to him. And he just walk off like they were not there. Well, <laughs> five years passed. Ten years passed. Fifteen years passed. And one day I, I was... Uh, I was walking down the hall. Two different things I'll tell you about. Walking down the hall. And a fellow... He caught me on the side. He said, Brother Keith, uh, I want to ask you to forgive me. I said, for what? He said, I got mad at you when I was in school. I said, you did? He said, yeah. And I was mad at you for a long time. He said, but I'm over it. Oh, and I, I said, what? Why? He said, well, one day I met you in the hall and I spoke to you and you didn't even answer me. I said, I didn't know it. I was focused on my next class. I was concentrating on what I was about to speak. I have no awareness of what he was talking about. But another time in that, a person that was helping me came and said, Brother Keith, that person, you just, you ignored them. Now, this one I knew about. I said, yeah. This is why. I said, well, I don't have to explain myself to you. I said, but, uh, Let me tell you something. I said, this person, I knew by the time they walked up, they're full of pride. They don't want to learn anything. Spirit of God showed me. They want to waste my time for two hours telling me how great they are. What all they know, what they've seen and done. I said, what you don't know, there's another man waiting in this room over here and I can help him. And he's waiting on me. Now see, when you're young and inexperienced, you don't know any of that. And you just go by outward appearance. I think you have to do everything anybody asks you to. I tried that for years. About, you know, running myself down. But the more you learn, and the more wisdom it grows in you, you realize so much talking that people do is a waste of time and wears you out. Now, you know, we had a few people around here, well, not so much lately, but when we first got started, they kind of got aggravated at me because I wouldn't spend half a day with them. But these people have no concept of what we do. You understand? Try speaking ten times a week, covering four states, dealing with financials, answering a thousand questions. Hmm? And see if you want to sit down and chat about nothing. For a day, or if you'd rather take a nap, or if you and do like I've done, I have wasted countless hours talking to people who didn't want to be helped. Did you hear me? They just want to talk to hear their own voice, and I'd be foolish to let folk waste my time like that and and cause me to come in tired and wore out for you tonight. 
Did you hear me? Because see, you only got a limited amount of energy. You spend it on one thing, you're not going to have it for something else. And I'm, just, I'm not saying that for my benefit. I'm saying it for your benefit. You're supposed to operate this way and not everybody will understand. Because there's still a lot of foolish people around. And there's so much they don't know. And you don't have to be mean and rude and hard. I'm not saying that. But you must learn what is valuable and what is a waste. And just because somebody calls you on the phone, that does not mean you sit there for three hours while they dump trash in your ear. It wears you out. Well, I don't want them to think I'm rude. Well, then be led by them instead of the Holy Ghost. Let yourself be what See, the enemy knows this. And he will set you up with stuff to waste your day. And if you just go along with everything and everybody that comes along and all they want to talk about and all they want to do, you will stay worn out. And when stuff comes up you're supposed to do, you won't be ready. Life is short. Time is short. You are one person with limited resources. Every day you only got so much. So you should be led by the spirit of wisdom. As to who I spend time with, what we do, what we talk about, every conversation should have a purpose. Everywhere you go should be a reason. Did you hear me? How many times people have been hurt and maimed and killed because they were somewhere they had no business being? If they'd have been led, they'd have been at home taking a nap. But somebody had a wild idea, wanted to do something, and they didn't want to be rude and they wanted to be social and they didn't want them to think they didn't like them so they're being led by that person's insecurities instead of the Holy Ghost. You've done it. I've done it. But I've about quit. And getting better every day. Because I'm not going to stand before you on the judgment seat of Christ. I'm not going to stand before you or anybody else. I'm going to stand before Him I don't have to give an account to you of every word I say and what I do with my time. I do to him. You do too. And I do not, the longer I live and the more I understand, I detest wasting time. I mean, there's just a few more breaths. You and I are going to be out of here, right? We do not have days to waste on nothing stuff. I don't want to waste an hour. I don't want to waste a dollar. I don't want to waste one moment of effort of my faith or my time or my thoughts, right, on something that is for nothing. We got the Holy Ghost in us, and if we'll learn to follow Him and listen to Him, everything we do can count. Every conversation. We can be at the right place at the right time with the right thing to say. Right? And not waste anything. Gather up the fragments. Redeem the time. And if we are doing this, we will have plenty of every. If we're not wasting any time, you'll have plenty of time to do what you should do. If you're not wasting money, you'll have plenty of money. If you're not wasting your energies and your patience on unnecessary stuff, you'll have all the patience you need. To deal with the right things. And faith and strength. Can you see this? The wise man. The wise woman. Waste nothing. Is so efficient. Everybody say efficient. You know Phyllis. uh, Saturday. I was doing some other things. For the while in the morning. And then I saw her. And she had completely. Reorganized her closet. So well, what you doing in here? She said, "This will help me get ready quicker." Got everything where it's supposed to be, and I'm not having to look for it or hump. See, people think, "Well, why straighten up your closet? Why straighten up your garage?" Just so you can say, "I'm neat." No, it's wise. You don't waste time looking for stuff. You ever wasted any time looking for stuff? 
And it's when you least can afford it. I mean, you need it. You got something else to do. And now you got to take an hour and try to find it. I've been with guys before working on cars. You know, cousins of mine were drag racers. And we were working building a motor one time. And, and we got to a certain place and we needed a specific tool. And he said, yeah, I got two of those. And we went to the place where they were. And I'm telling you, it looked like a tornado hit that place. <laughs> we looked for two hours. And he said, oh, come on, get in the car. We'll go buy one. He had three of them, I think, in there. And we had to go buy one. Why? Because it just take too long to find it. Well, that's being foolish. I said, that's being foolish. A wise man, wise woman knows this. Everything should have its own place. You know, uh, piloting. You learn. You should be efficient in the cockpit. I just flew out, you know, to Atlanta this week, and uh, they charged me $5.45 a gallon for fuel. So you thought the car was bad. Well, I don't like wasting stuff, wasting money. And I've learned, you know, you don't just get out there and start your engines. And so then you talk on the radio and you get your clearance and you talk to your passengers. You know, uh, well, man, I mean, it's just burning that money, just burning that money. So I took a week on my checklist and I tweaked it and I tweaked it and I did this and I did why? Because I get everything lined up so that when I push that button, I'm ready to go. You know what I'm talking about? I go ahead and get my clearance. I get them, all my radios loaded. I get all my stuff done. When I push that button, I'm ready to get out of here. And every area of our life should, and if we do that, what are we doing? We're redeeming time. We're buying time back into our life. We've been traveling for years and we're learning how to do it, you know, how to pack and, and where to put stuff. And No need handling it five times when you can handle it three. Get everything lined out and ready. And that's what we've been talking about, excellence, and being able to represent the Lord the best. And the Lord has answered our prayers. And he's been teaching us for weeks now, right, on the wisdom of God. And your testimony, your witness is tied up with this. When people come to where you work, they should see your tools laid out just the right way. They should see the process and the way you do something. Junkie. Piled up and a mess and sloppy is not godly. Look at the universe. Stars are not piled on top of each other. They're not bumping into each other. There is some order to this thing. (laughs) Don't feel bad now. I got room to grow in this myself. Everybody does. I got a number of things could be tighter and sharper and better. But let's do it. Right? Why? We're redeeming time. Saving our energy. Saving our resources. Operating in the wisdom of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just praise Him a little bit. Lord, we thank you. Oh, we praise you. We bless you. How good you are to teach us, to put wisdom in us, Discretion, discernment, understanding. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Turn to two New Testament scriptures on this, then I think we can finish up. If we had time and we're so led... Ecclesiastes is a wonderful study on this. In fact, I'm moving a little bit too fast. Let me talk you through some of it, and then we'll read the punchline. When he says, vanity of vanities, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Look at the very next verse. This qualifies. Verse 3, what profit, what good is it, has a man of all his labor, which he has taken, here's the phrase, what? Under the sun. And he goes through 
And he talks about all the stuff he did and all the stuff he built and all the stuff he accumulated and how he didn't know who he's going to leave it to, a fool or a wise man. And how he's not, he can't stay, he's going to die. And all the natural stuff he was doing, he'd stop and go, well, where's it going? How am I going to end up? I can't take it with me. What's going to happen after that? Wisdom's always looking at the end result. And that's why he kept saying, it's vanity. It's vanity. And if all you live for is to make money, you're going to have to come to that conclusion at some point. It's vanity. If all you live for is to clean your house, you have to come to the conclusion, it's going to get dirty again. (laughs) And again, and again, right? If all you live for is for how beautiful you are. Scripture said beauty is vain. What does that mean? One translation said it's a breath. You got to come to that conclusion. You're not going to be 22 forever. (laughs) You got to come to that conclusion. Will I live for my cars? Will I live for my, you know, to play golf? Will I live to, you know, well. You do it so many times and you'll come to the conclusion. It ain't God. It won't save you. Won't even make you happy. That's what he did. Chapter after chapter. That I'm just summarizing. He'd talk about this and he'd say. Vanity. And he'd get looking at his stuff. And he said. More vanity. Vexation of spirit. He said you make all this money. And he said there's more people to pay bills to. <laughs> so he kept looking at not just the start but the end of the thing he said if I do that well eventually it's going to wind up over here and it's vexation of spirit and vanity what good is it and that's why people some people on the earth they get to thinking like that want to commit suicide what good is it that's why people get to living on the street a lot of times they go well why get up and go to work anymore I make money the government's going to get it I'm just getting older. Why work? I'm just working for somebody else so they can make money and I'm gonna get me a sleeping bag. Go downtown. <laughs> Why? Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Why mess with it? I'll tell you why. Because this is not all there is. Under the sun is not All there is. There is a God. There is a heaven and a hell. There is a kingdom of God. There is a future. Glory to God. And when you learn that and you know that, then you can quit wasting your days. You can quit wasting your time and your money and your thoughts and your energy. And you can become kingdom minded And everything you do takes on a higher purpose. And it's not waste. I said it's not waste. It's not waste. And then vacuuming a carpet in here is not just vacuuming. It's going to get dirty again. Yeah, but you're doing it for the kingdom of God. That makes it eternal. (laughs) We just pay the electric bill. We'll have to pay it again next month. Yeah, but. We had services and the word was preached and people got saved. It's it's eternal. It's eternal. It wasn't a waste. I said it wasn't a waste. You remember when the lady came and dumped the perfume on Jesus' feet? You remember that? She came, $20,000 worth of perfume and poop, dumped it on Jesus. And his own disciples, his own staff, they went, what a waste. What a waste. Was it a waste? What'd he tell them? If he's the way some people think he is, then he just stood up and said, Woman, I've been teaching you. Don't you know better than this? You could have sold this and given it to the poor. You could have sold this. and Now, who said that? Judas. Judas Iscariot. See what bad company some of these people are in that talk like that? What did he say? 
You leave her alone. She has done a good. This was not a waste. It looked like it to the outward eye. But he said this is not a waste. In fact I'm going to see to it. That everywhere this gospel is preached. What this woman has done is told. And we're talking about it in 2005. Right here in Branson tonight. And he said you give somebody a cup of cold water. In my name because they are mine. He said there's no way you're going to lose that reward. It was not a waste. Oh, can you see this, friends? How important this is that when we become kingdom minded, everything we, I mean, putting your socks on is not a waste. Right? Me combing my hair, you brushing your teeth and coming here tonight meant something. It was not a waste. Every gallon of gas we burn, every watt of electricity we burn, not a waste, not a waste. We can spend money on this like water. We can't waste money on this. We can't waste time and effort on this. Glory to God. Stand up on your feet, please. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, praise Him, son. Lord, we lift up our heart and soul and mind to you. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I heard these words in my spirit. No more wasting time. No more trying to retract. No more looking back. No more whiling away. No more throwing away. No more vanity of vanities. But now we're moving on. Now we sing a song. A song of purpose. A song that's strong. Now the single eye. Now no lie. Now the truth that makes free now the purpose of victory. Now the spirit led. Now the hungry fed. Now the need met. Now the word heard. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for purpose. Thank you, Lord, for direction. Thank you, Lord, for help. Thank you, Lord, for wisdom. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I see that. Come on, just praise Him some. There's light coming to us right now. Focus on Him. Don't look at me. Focus on Him and praise. Look inside. Oh, thank you, Lord, for direction now. Light comes now. Oh, direction. Revelation. Understanding. Oh, thank you, Lord, let it come now. We receive now.
Oh, we'll see now. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Now I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Just close your eyes. But don't just mouth it. Because this is something the Lord will surely do for you if you ask in faith. Pray it out loud. Father God. You are my wisdom. Jesus. Has been made unto me wisdom. Revealed to me by the wisdom of God everything, anything in my life that is a waste, a waste of my time, a waste of my energies, a waste of my thought life. Waste of my words, a waste of my resources. Reveal it to me, and by your grace, I'll make the change, I'll make the adjustment by the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for doing it. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.